the blast from our past network. Hello and welcome to the Blast From Our Past podcast. We are the podcast that gives you full-on movie breakdowns, TV show reviews, and more, all from the things of our nostalgic past. I'm John. And I'm Adam. And today we have another album review for you, but this one is a little bit different. I believe this is our first soundtrack? I think so. I don't. Uh, we've done live, so we've kind of done compilation before, but we have right. never done soundtrack. So this will be interesting. This is a soundtrack that I think was big for a lot of kids of our generation and around our age, so it felt uh, kind of apropos to talk about it. We're going to be discussing the 1995 soundtrack to the film Mortal Kombat. Um, we've talked a lot of Mortal Kombat on this <laughs> podcast, actually. I think it's the franchise that we've hit more than anything else, because we talked the, the first movie, and then... Uh, we talked Annihilation, uh, Annihilation as well, and then I think me and Corey did like a, a live like watch through, uh, right. talking I, Mortal Kombat as well. Um, yeah, and then now we're doing this one. Yeah, well, we also did. Oh, the, yeah, uh, Roundtable. The round, the new yeah, one. more recent one. Yes, absolutely. This is definitely the franchise that has been hit the most on Blast from Our Past. Um, this probably won't be the last soundtrack. There's at least one or two other movie soundtracks that I felt were very important. I, and um, I'd even throw in there, there's some scores that I'd be willing to mm-hmm. do. Um, Absolutely. Yeah, this one is, you know, this is a compilation of different, you know, an actual like soundtrack of, of different songs that were made. Some for the movie, some not for the movie that they just put into it. But there are even some scores I would absolutely put in there. So yeah, yeah, yeah. This is this will not be the last. Um, so no real personnel to talk of, obviously. We will kind of maybe touch on some of the bands as we go through. Yeah. Um, and no like single producer, so I really don't have anything to add there. I, I know that I, I don't remember if it was you or I who had this soundtrack, but I believe it got a lot of play in yeah, our house. We definitely had it, um, and I remember it being a good staple for workouts down the line for me. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, there's good anger in some of this album, but they, more than not, it moves. But you're right, this, this album absolutely got a good bit of play. Yeah. And this album was also kind of responsible for introducing me, and probably Adam as well, uh, to some bands that honestly I probably otherwise would not have found. Yeah, without question. Um, I was always a, a big heavy metal fan, like, you know, kind of rock heavy metal, like your Metallicas and stuff like that. But I had never delved deep into really kind of like the the almost death metal yeah. growling type stuff. Probably Helmet was as far as I went. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the, I mean, this was a absolutely. It helped include like some death metal sounds, but also uh, industrial and mm-hmm. um, you know other rock like that. Yes, Rammstein uh, was probably a big part for that for me as well as some other things like Tool and other things that were like would be some experimental stuff. But this one, it it, it did a little bit different. It was a lot more EDM ish, um, but including that hard rock stuff in there too. It was it was very interesting, and I think it you know kind of helped bridge that gap to over to like new metal for me pretty well when I got older. Um, and so we got quite a few songs to talk about here. There's 17 uh, tracks on this. Um, and so we're, we're going to make up for not having a lot to talk about at the beginning <laughs> with 
a number of songs to discuss. Yeah, I got a couple things uh, to bring sure. up. So um, this album actually hit number 10 on the Billboard 200. So oh. that's surprisingly high. It was actually the first EDM record to receive a platinum certification in the U.S. So selling over a million copies because uh, there's a lot of electronica that uh, mm-hmm. is associated in this album. And I thought this was kind of the end of this music and or not the end of this music, but the end of like, you know, this soundtrack. The popularity of this album actually inspired another album called Mortal Kombat colon more combat, which is a <laughs> compilation of uh, featuring ex- some exclusive music from a number of metal, uh, industrial and electronica bands inspired by the first Mortal Kombat film. So there's this one. And then, uh, you know, even even more people like listen to this and wanted to make more music like it. And I think there were some like uh, repeat bands as well. Mm-hmm. So and Very that cool. That album came out the next year in 1996. Uh, all right. Well. I guess let's go ahead and dive into this monster. I'm down. All right, and uh, we're going to start with a little taste of things to come. And now for a taste of things to come. So we start off with kind of a clip from the film. They're using a line and the music that follows it. And I believe, was this the part where we're introduced to Sub-Zero and Scorpion? Or was that a different I think part? I think so. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think this was. Because I, I, I wrote down the feast scene, which I'm pretty sure that's exactly what this was. Like there was, they had this whole taste of things to come and we see like some of those guys. Um, right. But it's not like exactly the music of when Scorpion steps out. But it was, I think, when they were fighting. But, yeah, I mean, you start off with a line from, you know, Kerry Tagawa, uh, you know, who played Shang Tsung, which he's mm-hmm. iconic to us in, the, in that film. So this yeah. is, I think that's a good way to start this soundtrack uh, using, using, you know, his voice and some some music that we immediately recognize from the film. Yeah. Uh, and the composer uh, was a man named George S. Clinton, not George Clinton, not Funkadelic, baby. Par- oh, not P-Funk. Now okay. P-Funk, uh, George S. Clinton, uh, who has been scoring okay. things since like 1980. Oh, wow. Um, okay. A lot of, I've heard his name a few times, um, mostly smaller films, um, looks like one of the Cheech and Chong movies he did, <laughs> see if there's other, a lot of these are smaller films. Mm-hmm. He did Beverly Hills Ninja. Okay, yeah. <laughs> uh, he did Austin Powers. Oh, okay, fair enough. Um, he also did Mortal Kombat Annihilation, but I won't hold that against him. Yeah, God, what a sh- trash film! <laughs> Fucking awful. Uh, so it looks like he did all the all of the Austin Powers movies, Three Thousand Miles to Graceland. I kind of remember that okay. film. Yeah, movies that, movies I do recognize. Big Mama's House too. <laughs> yeah, my favorite. <laughs> Man, that was the time when like. I swear, it was just like you had to put on a fat suit. If you wanted to be a comedian in a movie, it was like, boom, fat suit time. Between yeah. Austin Powers with Goldmember on, you know, The Fat Bastard, um, obviously uh, Martin Lawrence doing Big Mama's House, and then Eddie Murphy doing, like, the Norbit and the Clumps and all that stuff. That was essential late 90s uh, comedy. Yes. 
which I actually didn't really watch a lot of those. No, no, they all sucked. <laughs> um, but we will uh, hear from uh, George S. Clinton again. They just kind of threw in some of the actual score music into the soundtrack, mostly bookending it mm-hmm. um, in between all the other bands that were in here. But you know what? The, the music that they picked to be on here, to me, fits with the vibe of the rest of the stuff. Mm-hmm. It's a little bit tribal in its sounding. It's not as electronic. Yeah. But the energy to me still fits. Yeah. I like that. I, I didn't think of the word tribal, but that's a perfect description. Uh, all right. Well, that was our introduction. So let's move on to our first uh, kind of real song from this soundtrack. And that is the song Goodbye by Gravity Kills. Gravity Kills is kind of an industrial uh, rock band uh, from the St. Louis area. Mm -hmm. Uh, They formed in 1994. They did have a hit. They did have a single uh, called Guilty, which I I have and and remember. But uh, they kind of that was kind of the only one. They kind of got big, I think, around the time that um, Nine Inch Nails got big with Closer. Gotcha. And, you know, radio stations are like, oh, we need more stuff that sounds like that. So that's mm-hmm. why you also get other bands like Stabbing Westward, which actually had like three songs on the Mortal Kombat movie, but they weren't included in the soundtrack. Yeah, it must have been some kind of rights thing or I don't know. Yeah. I really like this song. Yeah, I mean, it's it's absolutely solid. It's good. Um, the beat, I think, is really good. I like the chorus. The verse stuff is a little bit more spoken that I don't love as much. Um, and I also don't think the guy just has a particularly great voice, but overall the song moves and I was, I was happy for, for it. Absolutely. And I enjoy it. Yeah. I, I like the, you know, I, I do like the sort of industrial sound of almost sort of electronica drums with the driving guitars. That's, I've just always liked that sound. And if you, if you heard us talk about, uh, Rammstein, yeah. um, we've talked about that as well and, uh, yeah, I've just always rather enjoyed this one. Yeah, no, uh, I think this is an absolutely solid song. It fits really well with the Mortal Kombat, Kombat rest of the other songs in here and the vibe of the movie. Um, yeah, and I just I kind of remember Gravity Kills being, I mean, a, a recognizable band, not like a huge one, but like one I like, okay, yeah, I, I've either heard something a little bit from them later. Uh, all right, let's move on to the next song which is called Juke Joint Jezebel by the band KMFDM. Adam, this might be my favorite song on the whole soundtrack. Yeah, I um, I didn't love this one as much when I was younger, but 
listening to it now, I never disliked it, but this mm-hmm. song is actually really fucking good. Um, so the band, the KMFDM was kind of what their original name was. And, uh, Adam, you can correct my German if you, do you already know how to say it? I know how to say it. Yeah. Kein Mehrheit für die Mitglied. Which, uh, loosely translated Mit- by the band. Mitleid. Sorry, Mitleid. Mitleid. Uh, loosely translated by the band as no pity for the majority, which so, like, sounds like a total industrial band. Yes, exactly. Fuck the man. Exactly. Um, so what I love about this song, and this is actually uh, a re, kind of a remixed version. Some of these are kind of remixed versions from the original. The original uh, version from the KMFDM album, which I have, does sound a little bit different. And I'll be honest, I actually like this mix better yeah. okay. than what's on the original. Maybe it's because this is what introduced me to it and I'm yeah. so used to it. Um, but what I love about this song and is, one, you get some. it drives all the way through. So it's high energy. Um, you get that like kind of electronic drums. You get that nice driving guitar. But what I what I one of the things I do like about how they sing is you get that kind of now we kind of think of it as like a stereotypical like kind of growling German, mm-hmm. you know, lead vocalist. Yeah. But when they go to the chorus, you get these really awesome sort of female vocals doing harmonies above mm-hmm. it. And I love the juxtaposition of those. That was absolutely something I wrote down as well. Like that that interesting mix between him by himself and then coming in with the female background singers uh, with him. Yeah, overall, it just it feels really interesting. Um, uh, K, KMFDM was apparently is, is considered one of the more like, um, I don't know, early bands in industrial music mm-hmm. that kind of help lead the way. And they've been around since 1984. So it's yeah. been a hot minute, you know, and they've been pretty much going the its entire time. So yeah. pretty much. So um yeah, this song is is awesome. I love the chorus on this one. This was a really good song. Uh all right, well let's go ahead and move on to the next one which is called Unlearn by Psychosonic. I'm sorry, I fell asleep right there. This is our first kind of real, real electronica yeah. uh, song on here, um, and uh, Adam, you, you seem to have an opinion, so I'm gonna, I'm gonna let you go ahead and give yours. Snooze fest. Uh, after the, you know, first ones that we started off with, um, this one just felt like the energy just was zapped out of the room for me. Uh, this is, yeah, extremely techno, um, even kind of ethereal feelings at time. But mm-hmm. man, this one just bored the fuck out of me. Skip. <laughs> uh, so this was called the Josh Wink's live mix. Um, who uh, Josh Wink was an American DJ. Um, this song, Unlearn, um, was so, so I should probably say Psycho uh, Sonic is a uh, it's a you know, American techno group, um, and this song was uh, one of their dance club songs. Now. There's a couple of songs on here where, or at least one I know of, where they actually took the vocals out of the song mm-hmm. for the soundtrack, and I 
I didn't check to see if this was one of the ones where there actually used to be lyrics over oh. the top of the song, and they took them out for the soundtrack. Yeah, I don't know. Um, I this song is meant to be a uh, it's meant to be a dance club song. It's meant to be yeah. something that's just played for you to move to. I actually rather like the song um, because I can zone out to it. <laughs> If I was rolling on ecstasy, I'd probably have a real good time. Um, besides <laughs> that, it just doesn't do it for me. Uh, that's fair. It is rather repetitive, but I I like repetitive music. I mean, okay. one of my favorite styles of classical music is the minimalist stuff, and mm. a lot of that stuff is very, very repetitive. So to me, hmm. I really actually kind of enjoyed the song. There is not much to it in terms of substance. It's sort of early electronica. There's not too much going on. But I can definitely put this. If this one is on in the background, the, nothing in the song is going to make me skip yep. to the next one. I can understand that. Uh, all right, let's go to the next song, which is called Control by Tracy Lords. <laughs> So this is the one that I know for sure in the original mm-hmm. version has words on top of it. Yeah. Because uh, I bought the original version and was surprised to find that there were words on top of it, which I thought was weird when I saw the, the thing. I was like, why would Tracy Lords write an electronica song that is has no words on it? That I realized there is words on it. They took them off mm-hmm. for the soundtrack version, I guess. Yeah, and... You know, we so this is two electronica uh, instrumentals back to back, but they are so different to me. I dig this one, man. This one I feel screams the vibe of Mortal Kombat, and it mm-hmm. just, it, I just, I can kind of like envision a fight scene while this one is going <laughs> on. And I'm certain it was on when a fight was happening, and I just, I really dug this song. Um, it just the the speed, the intensity, and it just gives me all the vibes that I am expecting from this album. So yeah, I mean it's not like the the best electronic song I've ever heard in my life, but right, I'm I am digging it. I am really digging it. It moves, and there's a lot of interesting things that were happening underneath. It's just it's kind of it's weird because I actually had a harder time imagining this song with lyrics than I would have in the reverse yeah. of li- just listening to you know. Knowing the song and saying, well, I don't know how this would sound without lyrics. Because um, there's a lot of interesting things that are happening in here. Mm-hmm. And you're getting sort of an almost melodic guitar part. At least it's moving around and it's giving you something to yeah. listen to. And it's not overly repetitive. Yeah, I actually I did listen to... Um, because I, I realized I don't have the soundtrack for some reason. I thought I did mm-hmm. on like my iTunes. And I, I, I think it's a crime that it is not available to buy on itunes yeah it is also it's not on streaming um Mm -hmm. i mean there's you can find it on like spotify like people have kind of compiled the 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 thing but it's not the right it's not all the right songs and actually the one that i think they compiled is the one with lyrics from tracy lords and i was listening and it got to like her singing i'm like the fuck i don't remember this (laughs) (laughs) 
And yeah. that's fine, but it didn't hit my nostalgia. And once I found on YouTube the uh, the proper version, yeah. I was like, that's the one I like. That's the one I love. See, I have the soundtrack, but apparently when I uploaded it to my computer, I only uploaded certain songs, so I didn't have the whole thing, so uh, I had to go out and look for it again. There you go. Um, little background on Tracy Lords, if anybody <laughs> didn't know. Uh, so, yeah, she's a actress and a singer, um, but her probably most famous thing... Uh, was she was a former porn star. So she left the porn industry two days after turning 18. Mm -hmm. Uh, So, but she made many, many movies um, because she apparently lied about her age. And so she made multiple movies while she was underage, which now are considered under child pornography and kind of all that kind of stuff. She only mm-hmm. made one. She made one movie the day she turned 18. That's like the only legal movie. And that everything else is like, you know, wiped from existence basically. But she was really famous for being a very popular porn star left two days after she turned 18 and then kind of shifted over to acting. She became like, uh, I mean, she's been in multiple films and, and other stuff like that and TV series and whatnot. So she was a solid actress, but that's the kind of things when I think of, when I hear the name, I'm like, wait, that porn star girl. Uh, but yes, so she was a uh, underage porn star basically. Uh, all right, let's go ahead and move on to the next song, which is called Halcyon and on and on by Orbital. And Orbital is just two guys. It's an electronic duo, and it's brothers, Phil and Paul Hartnell, and they're from England. Now, this song is also very, very repetitive, but I really love this song. This is a zone-out song for me. Yeah, I could see the zone-out vibe. It's a mood song. Yes, it's a mood song. I for some reason, I have just such the strong connection of, I'm pretty sure this is the song that came out on uh, during the movie when after they had won and they're, I remember like these kids running through the temple with ribbons and like, <laughs> oh, yeah, they thought they went before Shao Kahn kind of popped up and, you know, they get ready to fight again. Right. To, for the ending pose. But, and so this was kind of like a, this, uh, you know, hey, these little light but airy and just, um, you know, enjoyable, yes, moody stuff. Um it's okay. I mean, if I was in that mood, but the 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 only problem for me was listening to like this other album and the feel I was ready for was mm-hmm. intense. And then I got this one and it was not. <laughs> yes, but you you can't you can't have a movie that's intense from top to bottom. There's got to be ups and downs, and that's got to reflect in the music as well. And I'm I'm a little surprised by you saying that just because I know that flow in an album yeah. is important to you. Flow is important to me, absolutely. But the flow doesn't always mean fast, slow, fast, slow. You've got it's got to it's got to flow. It has to feel fluid. It has to feel natural. And I just I'm not sure the feeling is natural right now. Um, okay. I don't dislike the song. It's nine fucking minutes though, and it takes for 
forever for any kind of like build up to different sections. And that get, that got kind of a slow annoying. burn. That is for yeah. sure. But if I really liked marijuana, this would be a perfect song. <laughs> um, I actually bought the uh, the album that this comes on, uh, which is called oh. it's just called Orbital, which is actually their second self-titled album. There's a first one, and they're kind of known as the Green Album and the Brown Album because of the colors that the the album covers mm-hmm. were. Um, oddly enough, this is really the only song on that album that sounds like this. Oh, interesting. The rest of them are sound different, and I'll be honest with you, like half the album, I was like, I don't like any of this. <laughs> okay. I was I was expecting more stuff like this. I wanted I wanted like a good like mood. You know, one that's not yeah. so, it's not like spa music that put me to sleep, because uh, uh-huh. at least this song has a, has a beat to it that goes along with it, so I wanted more of that. Uh, I didn't get that off that album. So, a little disappointed by that, by that but that's okay. I still like that song. Okay. Uh, all right. Let's go ahead and move on to the next song, which is officially titled, Utah Saints Take on the Theme from Mortal Kombat by the Utah Saints. All right, so I mean, this is exactly what the title says. It is they kind of took the theme from Mortal Kombat and they kind of reworked it. Uh, mm-hmm. Utah Saints are also another English uh, electronic duo. Guys named Jez Willis and Tim Garbutt. Um and the band went from like 1991 to 2019, so not too bad. Yeah, uh, this is just kind of to me, I and mean, it's it's a fun take on it because they do put a lot of clips from mm-hmm. the movie into it. Yeah, um, that that's what is what makes it kind of different. So you've got mostly the theme for Mortal Kombat, the normal stuff, but then they add in all these clips from the movie that kind of make you think about the movie or remember like nostalgic and that line, those lines or parts of the film. Um, and I and I like that. It's just it's not as good as just the theme itself, in my opinion. It's still solid. Yeah. But you know, and I kind of am surprised that they put this one up before they put the actual theme. Uh, which will come later in the album. Like they usually do the regular version and then, Hey, here's a remix at the end. But this time they did, here's like the Utah saints, remix version. And then here's the one that you kind of all know and love later in the album, which I just thought was kind of a interesting way to do it. Well, I, the theme, I don't know that the theme was written by, uh, which we'll talk about the band, the immortals who do that, the song, the Fair. theme might've actually been written by George S. Clinton used in the movie. And those yeah. bands took the theme and put it in, and they probably wouldn't have known when they released the album which one of those two was going to be the most popular. Yeah, probably, probably. But I mean, it's still solid because it's got it's got the Mortal Kombat elements. It's got the scream. It's got it's got all the different some cool lines. Um, you know, it it seems a little bit cheesy when when they just kind of introduce some of these lines and put them into the music. But overall, it's still fun. I mean, it's fucking Mortal Kombat. Cheese yeah. is part of it. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. Um, so before we move on to the next one, I did kind of notice like we kind of have like a first half of the album, 
a second half of the album and then like a little coda at the end. Mm -hmm. So this first half has been, even though there's been some like kind of like driving guitars, it is mostly kind of electronica based. Yeah. From here on out, we're going to really the heavy metal bass. Yeah. Um, a little bit of electronica thrown in there, but we're, we're really kind of getting heavier um, in this second half. And we're going to start out with a song called The Invisible by GZR. Invisible, the man on the street, the force of silence you don't want to meet. The homeless, the poor, society's tricks, the drunk and the junkie, the woman who begs. So uh, this band, GZR, is actually named for the bassist in the band, who is Geezer Butler, who was the bass player for Black Sabbath. Oh, that's cool. Um, so he, that's uh, he's the the band's founder. Kind of put it together. I believe the person singing on this is a guy named Burton C. Bell, uh, who is the frontman of another band that we're going to hear actually next, which is mm-hmm. Fear Factory. So you're yep. hearing his voice twice in a row in two different bands. Yeah. Awesome. Uh, <laughs> yeah, this you're right. The way you put it is this front is very much more electronic-y, and then this is much angrier and harder than anything we'd heard before. Uh, this song was almost an insta-skip for me when I was younger, mm-hmm. and even just listening to it for this, uh, I wanted to fucking skip it, but I didn't. <laughs> I, I suffered through the whole thing, um, and I did not care for this song one iota. I mean, well... The chorus part, the you know the the old and dying are incomplete, whatever I think, whatever the line is, obsolete, uh, obsolete. Thank you. Um, that was my favorite part, but I didn't like it, and everything <laughs> else I liked even less. So yeah. this is a this is a not a fun song, and maybe that hints to my next one. I don't know, maybe. <laughs> the, with this one, I remember I really kind of liked the uh, the really kind of distort, you know more like i would say saturated more i mean it was distorted but like the saturated the riff at the beginning mm. <laughs> like it was cool until the the singer came in and then i was like yeah fuck this i mean i don't i don't i don't mind kind of the growling metal stuff um but yeah, this one didn't do it for me either. So Th- this one was largely, I would listen to the intro and then as soon as he starts singing, singing, I would usually yeah. uh, skip. Yup. And so we'll skip on now down to the next one, uh, which I, I kind of already mentioned the band and the song is called Zero Signal by Fear Factory.
I love the beginning of this song. Yeah, man. It's it's almost cinematic. It is. Yeah. Um you you kind of, you know, it's 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 building to something. You kind of you get this cool synth sound. It's it's almost imitating strings or like mm-hmm. choir or something like that. And it's building and even when like the the proper part of the song kicks in, um and you just got that cool double bass going on. I don't mind that. And then he starts growling. And I, I I think it's not the fact that he's growling. I don't think I like the tone of his voice. Yeah, I, I don't mind some growl. I, I like uh Lamb of God. I like Pantera. I like um uh Kill Switch Engage. I like a bunch of, you know, Avenge Sevenfold, whatever. I love a bunch of people who will get that anger. But one hundred percent. It's it's not the growl, it's his growl. It's his voice doesn't work, and you are dead on. The intro and the music is awesome. This needs to be an instrumental. If this wasn't mm-hmm. instrumental on the album, I'd probably fucking love it. But yeah. once it gets to the actual vocal part, I'm just like, nope, skip. Ugh, gross. But like every, <laughs> everything else, I am definitely like feeling. The chorus is okay because he kind of switches to a singing voice, and they put yeah. it on like a bat. They they put a lot of reverb on it, and they almost like push it to the background almost like they could have left that part on and just taken all of the verses out. Yeah. And I still brought it in okay with it, but the first, for some reason they just rubbed me the wrong way. I never quite, I could never quite yeah. get to it. Yep. I, I mean, I felt the exact same way on this one. Um, but yeah, it just, it just didn't have that during the verses portion, but the actual, like the, the, the musicality of it, the, the, the rest of it, I fucking dug. All right, let's move on to the next song called Burn by the band Sister Machine Gun. All right, so Sister Machine Gun is an industrial rock band uh, from Chicago. So we're getting a little bit uh, more of that electronica back in here. Mm-hmm. Um, I actually really dig this song. This is a t- this is a top tier song for me. On wow, like we are very flip flopped on all these slower, um, moodier songs. I am like, no, nah, I'm not digging, and you are <laughs> you are feeling. This one was so meh to me. I just <laughs> I didn't care for it. Um, you know, kind of, I know it got like that slower vibe and whatnot, which I don't, I don't, I, I like flow. Um, but it just, it's not working for me. And this song, <laughs> this song bore, it's a bore. No, thank you. Meh, pass, <laughs> skip, move on. But I'm glad you like it. Hey, good for you. <laughs> I guess, I guess I just understand music better than you. Uh, anyway. That's not it. That's not it. <laughs> but you do. I know you do, but it doesn't matter. That's not it. I don't know. I what surprises me is I know you to be somebody who likes to have songs that they can kind of just I, vibe and zone out to. So I I'm kind of surprised that some of the stuff you're just not digging. And it might just be my mood. It might just be like, hey, I'm ready for a fight. And I guess this, some of these songs aren't giving that to me. 
Because I like that we've had two like growling songs, and then we go, we get another, we get we get a break from that here mm-hmm. with just kind of a, kind of a, like he's singing, but it, it honestly it, the way he's singing almost sounds like he's barely like he's really close to the yeah. mic. Mm-hmm. <laughs> he was probably high when he when he recorded the song. <laughs> Who knows? Um, um, yeah. Which fine, I actually you know I dig the song so. Uh, all right, well, let's move on to the next one, which is called Blood and Fire by Typo Negative. So, uh, Typo Negative is kind of described, I guess, as a gothic metal band. I don't know mm-hmm. if they describe themselves that way. Uh, they're from Brooklyn. They've been around since 1989. Um, they disbanded in uh, 2010. Okay. Uh, as far as I oh, know. Oh, the lead singer died. Or, or ah. I think so. Yeah. Okay. Uh, well, the, the one thing here is we're getting what sounds like a little bit more of a traditional rock or metal song, not as much. Uh, you know, no, no electronica really stuff in it too much. Um, he's not really like screaming or growling too much. He's kind of singing, but the the his voice, the sound, the tone of it is different. And I'll be honest, I kind of like it. I do too. It is it is interesting. It's different. The mix even just feels totally different than most other songs. Mm-hmm. Um, the way his voice is mixed in. But yeah, he's got that. He's got a low, deep voice. I mean, yeah, they're called. A gothic band, but I, I see that. I fit. I don't even know what the fuck gothic music is, but it would be that. <laughs> and I dug this one. I mean, yeah, it had a little bit more just generic, like regular rock style, not generic rock, but mm-hmm. um and I liked his his vocal stylings. It was it was different than most things that I've heard, and I appreciated um, you know, that that change from normality. And so yeah, uh Type of Negative is definitely a band I've heard of as well, yeah. even outside of this uh soundtrack. But this song was uh, was a very solid one for me. I also like the organ sound because mm. organ was very prevalent in a lot of stuff in the 60s and 70s and a little bit into the 80s, but not as much when synthesizers came around. But like to me, there's no better keyboard instrument to accompany a metal band than <laughs> organ. Nothing to me is as metal <laughs> as organ. Yeah. I mean, that's so sure. <laughs> So I pre- I appreciated that part, of the, especially at the beginning. Yeah. I guess I'll just say that. Yeah. All right. Let's move on to the next song, which is called I Reject by Bile. So Bile is another kind of an industrial uh, metal group out of New York City. Um, really, there's only one main guy. Again, is 
his name is Kurstoff. That's his stage name, K-R-Z-T-O-F-F, uh, who does most of the recording, kind of like in Nine Inch Nails, how it's really just kind of Trent Reznor. And I got some kind of Nine Inch Nails vibe. Actually, I got really mostly a Rob Zombie vibe from this song. Yeah, this is a complete Insta skip for me. <laughs> and I thought this one was okay. <laughs> uh, I, 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 I never really liked this song. I could suffer through it if I had to, but honestly, I really don't dig it. I mean, I, yeah, but I think because of like the Rob Zombie, some somewhat Nine Inch Nails vibes that I was getting, like re-listening to it, I was like, okay, okay, I'm enjoying this one a little bit better than than some of those others. So, uh, yeah, so I definitely dug this song better than you. Yeah, apparently, yes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Uh, all right. Well, let's go ahead and go to the next one, which is called Twist the Knife Slowly by Napalm Death. God, So Napalm Death is, I guess, considered a grindcore band, uh, yeah. which is just kind of it's it's just like punk and heavy metal, you know, together. Uh, they're from England. Uh, not that you would know it by listening to it. Again, this one this one was I've I've never liked this one. This was another insta skip for me. Did not care for it. Not enjoying it. Um, some interesting stuff. Uh, the band has really sixteen studio albums and are listed. Uh, by Nielsen ratings as the seventh best-selling death metal band in the United States. So somebody likes them. By the Nielsen ratings? Yeah. It's called Nielsen Sound Scan. Oh, so okay. I'm, okay. So. Okay. Interesting. I mean, it's a, it's even before I saw them on here, if you had said the the name Napalm Death, I'm like, oh, yeah, I've, I've heard that band name before. Yep. I've never really listened to it, and... Uh, I'll be honest with you, Bile, this one, and the next one are ones I probably never listened to when I was a kid. Oh, uh, okay. Um, yeah, so this is, I mean, of the other, like, screaming, yeah, grindcore, hardcore ones, this is probably my least favorite. I think I liked the other two of, uh, uh, what was it, Fear Factory and Geezer, GZR. GZR, yeah. And I didn't like those, but I liked them <laughs> a little bit better than this one. Um, one interesting thing. According to the Guinness World Records, Napalm Death's song You Suffer is the shortest song ever recorded at only 1.316 seconds. Oh man, now we're going to have to drop it. You could drop I listened gonna... to it. It it doesn't sound like it's I don't even know why they could consider that a song. I don't know uh, why Guinness it's weird, but it's it's in it's in the record book. So, uh, yeah. Yeah. I'm not going to put it on here. You're going to have to go find it. I'm going to make everyone do the effort of spending way more time to find a song that it would take to listen to the song. <laughs> there you go. They sound like they did that just to have the record. I, I don't know. I wouldn't be surprised. But, yeah, I'm not going to be searching out any Napalm Death besides like that gimmicky uh, 1.316 second song called You Suffer. All right. Well, let's go to the next song, which is called What You See Slash We All Bleed Red by Mother's Day Out. Yeah, I 
right, so as I mentioned, uh, when I was a kid, I completely skipped this one. This time around, I really listened to it more this time than I think I probably ever have. Mm-hmm. I kind of liked it. I liked the hardcore punk feel of it. Um, there were parts of it that I could have done without, but overall, I sat through it okay. Um, even when I was younger, uh, besides the, the two like theme song ones, this has always been my favorite on the album. Oh really? <laughs> this song has been my favorite. Besides, like you know, the Mortal Kombat techno theme songs. Right. Um, I don't know. I don't know exactly what it is. Maybe. I mean, it's. I mean, it's got rap rock vibes. That's for damn sure. Um, but there's there. It moves so quick, and I love just like the speed and the anger of some of the instruments. Um, yeah, it's it's exactly. It's like it's like rap rock and heavy metal. And maybe I think that's partly. You know, it got me into like that new metal vibe. Uh, later that I dug so much, but uh, this band, Mother's Day Out, uh, only had one album before they broke up, uh, mm. so they really didn't do much anywhere, but there was just, there's always been something about this song that I, I can listen to, and it'll pump me up, and it'll get me like ready for a for a lift or, or something, something to be intense about. Yeah, so something interesting about this version of the song, so they actually broke up in 1994, the movie didn't come out until 1995, Mm-hmm. Um, but they were in the movie, uh, the yeah. scene where Sonia is searching for Kano kind of at the beginning in Hong Kong. Yeah. Um, the band is playing and the crowd is kind of moshing to this mm-hmm. song. The song had to be looped three times to fit the four minute long theme. <laughs> so what you're hearing is actually f- three times the original song. Yeah. I, and I still like it. I don't, I guess it's repetitive and whatever and unnecessary. So it's probably like a, it's a minute and a half song. Also, they had to take out all the profanity that was in the uh, original. I remember the profanity. I think the album that we had had profanity in it. Okay. Yeah. Okay. I, maybe I remember it. Maybe that's just in the movie. Yeah. Maybe in the movie that. they told they pulled out the profanity, but I because I remember on our album we had some naughty words on that one. <laughs> okay. Uh, all right. Uh, now for the moment you've all been waiting for uh, the song. Techno Syndrome by the Immortals. So uh, the Immortals is uh, just two people. Man, these electronic duos—they're—they're they're everywhere. Mm-hmm. Uh, these are Belgian uh, musicians. Uh, a guy named uh, Maurice Engelin, which is actually goes by the name Praga Khan, and uh, uh, Olivier Adams, um, who are also known for being in the band Lords of Acid. Uh, I've definitely heard of that band. If you've never heard the song Pussy by Lords of Acid, do yourself a favor and go find it. In fact, right. go find that entire album uh, that it is on. Um, I believe, yeah, the, the album is called Our Little Secret. And I rem- I actually had this album. Okay. And it is, it's filthy all the way through. Uh, <laughs> Pussy and uh, Spank My Booty are my two favorite songs Ooh. on that album. But the thing that was funny about this is, 
So the song, it, it's it's the album is called Our Little Secret. Sorry, we're going on a little diatribe here. But to get what Our Little Secret was, you had to get the the CD, pull out the album cover and unfold it because what you saw on the front was the top half picture of a very beautiful blonde woman. When you unfolded it, you could see her pants and the bulge that was coming out of it. <laughs> it's a trap. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> but anyway, so there's a little background on the, those two kind of crazy guys and the other stuff. Done. However, who the fuck doesn't love this song? This song and this version is the fucking Mortal Kombat song. Um, I mean, it's really become. I mean, it was used in the mu- the movie like over and over again, uh, and it's just it's got all that perfect techno rock. Um, just all the vibes that you've wanted and the vibes that you know and love. Like this is wonderful. Yeah. So the the band the Immortals was created specifically for this soundtrack. Okay. So these two guys probably were brought in to treat the theme and or maybe write the theme. I actually don't know for sure. And I tell you what, I could listen to this song over and over again because it's 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 fun all the way through. It's it's driving, it gives you hyped. And if you played the game at all, I believe they're using a lot of original samples from the from the game. It sounds like a lot uh, of them are. Yeah, it does sound like that. Yeah, exactly. And they're they're. I mean, they're listing off all the different characters. And exactly. I mean, it feels like the video game turned into badass techno song. Uh, all right. And so that's kind of to me. That's kind of the end of the second half of this album. And then we get a little bit of a coda. We're going back to uh, George S. Clinton for a couple songs. Um, and the next one is called Goro versus Art. So he actually features a guitarist by the name of Buckethead. Oh, yeah, famous guitarist. Yep. Uh who is playing on this one. Again, it's a su- it's it's a soundtrack song but works really well with the vibe of this album, I think. Yeah, it does. Yeah, I don't know why I got so surprised at saying featuring Buckethead because it says that in the name of the <laughs> song right there. Um but yeah, I mean, Buckethead is is got really well known as a pretty killer guitarist. Yeah, it, it works. You know, it's got that that sweet guitar rock from this one. It moves well. Um, comes from the from the movie that you know we love. We can kind of envision yep. Goro rocking, beating the shit out of Art. Yeah, so. I mean, this it the beginning of this is really cool because this is where you know we first see Goro when he comes out. Yes. And the, the doom, music, doom, doom, yeah. and he just like a big. I mean that that really kind of sets that feeling real good. Sorry, I didn't mean to. No, that's okay. Me. I gotta say, I really like the Goro puppet. Oh yeah, absolutely. Uh, especially over CG stuff. He, I mean, his torso is ridiculous. He's like <laughs> half torso um, right. because they had to put all the robotics in to move the arms. Right. So that's kind of ridiculous, and he's kind of got stumpy legs in comparison, um, you know. But seeing that it's a 
thing that people can actually interact with and it's not just CG, um, that is better. I will take I will take mm-hmm. mediocre robotics over, you know, even decent CG most of the time because there is a there is a palpability. There is that you're able to act with something um, that usually is just overall works better. Yeah. Uh, all right, well, let's go ahead and move on to our final song, which is called Demon Warriors slash Final Combat. So this one is a little bit more cinematic, but it does kind of bring back uh, some of the theme that we heard at the very, very beginning in the first uh, opening track. Um, And I believe this is what is playing during the final battle uh, between Shang Tsung and Liu Kang, right? Yeah, I think so. I I think so. Um, It's a fine track. Uh, You know, it's a great example of, of using both orchestral and electronic and kind of rock music um to create a cool vibe um it out of all of the three george s clinton tracks that are on here i probably listened to this one the least it it seemed like it fit the least well like you're right it was more cinematic than either of the others and i don't honestly think this was a good way to end the album yeah it probably would have been better if we ended on goro versus art than if we had ended on this one yeah yeah most any of them but yes this one, I, I think they could have honestly just cut it from the album and it would have been just as impactful. Okay. Uh, all right. Well, that is the end of the album. Adam, why don't you give us your final thoughts on it? So, I mean, I was hyped because I remember listening to the hell out of this album as well. Mm-hmm. Um, but listening again, I think I realized I listened to a couple songs here and there okay. and not did a full all the way listen through. Um because obviously there were some songs I just did not care for. Some of those more ethereal stuff, uh, the ones that you were mood songs and you dug. That's not why I come to the Mortal Kombat soundtrack. Um, and so ultimately, I would say I was pretty disappointed in listening to this album uh, completely. There are a couple hits, a couple things. Um, of course, that theme song is amazing. And that's all you ever really need from Mortal Kombat is that mm-hmm. probably the Immortals version of the theme song. I just fucking love that. Um, and then a couple others that I do like, which I like the Mother's Day Out song and I like some of the other stuff. Um, particularly, yeah, the Tracy Lords one without her singing is quite good. <laughs> and Juke Joint Jezebel is a fantastic song as well. Uh, but overall, I'd say pick what you like and and skip on. I, I, I didn't dig this album as much as I was hoping I would. Yeah. Um, largely I'm going to kind of agree with you. Um, I, as you were talking, I was kind of looking through and I'm, and I'm like, okay, which songs out of this whole soundtrack, aside from the George S Clinton ones, I wasn't counting those. Yeah. Yeah. The actual songs. Um, what, you know, what I pull out and out of the, I guess it would be 14 songs, not counting the other three, only nine of them were ones I would actively listen to. And then I skipped a lot of the other ones. 
Um, mostly a lot of the kind of growly, screaming ones are ones that, for some reason, just didn't speak to me. No, me neither. Me neither. So, uh, overall, though, I think it is a... Uh, it, it was definitely an album that fit the style that the movie was going for. Mm-hmm. Um, with a good... I think it does have a good mix of industrial to heavy metal um, and to some electronic and EDM stuff. Um, but I'm going to kind of agree with you that, you know, picking and choosing is probably how that's going to go in this soundtrack. And it, it, that that's understandable because especially for a soundtrack, it's going to be kind of hard to find a soundtrack where every single song is yeah. going to be a banger all the way through. Um, but overall, I still enjoy it. I'm still nostalgic for it, for sure. Yes. I don't think that'll ever go away. I agree. Um, I'm still excel- nostalgic for the film, um, for the the time that the film came out, and you know the excitement of going to see it for the first time. So I agree. I don't think that's going to change. All right. That was our review of the Mortal Kombat soundtrack. Please join us next time as we're joined by our stepsister, Siobhan, to break down the 1995 film Clueless, discuss the cartoon Hey Arnold, and recast Clueless using actors of today. If you have any questions or comments, you can reach us at blastfromourpast at gmail.com. And if you want to suggest a movie or TV show from your childhood or to be a guest on the podcast, go over to patreon.com backslash blastpastcast and pick a tier that works for you. To find us on social media, search for at blastpastcast. So until next time, I'm John. And I'm Adam. And thanks for joining us. See you next time. Hi, my name is Scott, and I host a nostalgia cast called People Don't Forget. Join me each episode for a deep dive into all things nostalgia. Do you remember your favorite songs from the year 2000 or the TV shows you watched in 2003? If you don't, that's okay. Listen to People Don't Forget and take a particular journey with me down memory lane.